Elkhart County is a place where quality craftsmanship, innovation, and collaboration result in a well-crafted life. With an appreciation for all things handmade and homegrown, we leave our mark on everything we hold. Elkhart County is well-crafted. Welcome to the people and places along the Heritage Trail in Elkhart County, Indiana podcast. excited to kick off this episode of the podcast by welcoming Dave and Brock from the Elkhart Civic Theater. Hey guys, how are you doing? Hi there. Nice to see you. Oh, it's great to see you too. Now, Dave, I know that you are not new to the podcast, but I do know that we've picked up a lot of new listeners since the last time you've been on. So can you tell the group just a little bit about the theater and, you know, how I got started? Because certainly it didn't just poof appear one day. No, huh? no, just real quick. I'm Dave Dufour. I'm the executive director. And, and I'm Brock Butler. I'm the artistic director. There we go. Well, I am sorry, gentlemen. I should have done a very stage presence formal. Uh, no, <laughs> We're used to introducing each other. Um, yeah, the Elkhart Civic Theater, believe it or not, has... Uh, the, the 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 start of it is coming up on almost a hundred years ago actually um it started in uh, in about 1928 as near as we can tell in Elkhart which is why it's Bill Elkhart Civic theater it was the Elkhart little theater and little theaters were uh there was a little theater movement across the United States and it was a movement that was the idea was to bring plays, usually classics, uh, to local communities where they might not have, uh, you know, professional theater or an active theater program uh, in in their area. So Elkhart, uh, Elkhart Little Theater started in the carriage house of one of the old homes in Elkhart. It was actually the first of the homes of the Beardsleys before they built Ruthmere and they were in the carriage house. That's where they actually were uh, performing. And uh, then world war two came along and kind of put the kibosh on things and things picked up again about 1947. And then in 1961, after a number of years in Elkhart, we ended up um, moving to the Bristol opera house, which was a temporary move. But we've not been here for 60 years or over 60 years now. So uh, the Bristol Opera House is obviously it's in Bristol. Um, a, the name is a little bit of a misnomer. It's not not a traditional opera house. It's a, it's an auditorium type theater. And um, it's uh, 120 some years old uh, currently. And uh, it's our home. We love it. And uh, it's uh, it's a great place to come and see some theater in in a relatively intimate kind of surrounding. Oh, you know, it absolutely is. Now, certainly, you know, you mentioned around 1928, this all started, mm-hmm. but the two of you have not been there that long. So no, can no. you <laughs> I have, I've been around here uh, uh, since really uh, formally since about 1978. And oh, wow. been, I don't know how long you've been. I... I uh, did my first show here in 1999. I was 11 years old and I had never uh, I had never done any theater before, uh, but my dad knew that I was like a huge, I was a huge Wizard of Oz fan and they were doing the Wizard of Oz here. So <laughs> I came and auditioned and I was a lollipop kid. And through that, I got hooked and I've been here ever since. That's right. Yeah, that's the way it happens with a lot of people. They, they do <laughs> show and they get hooked. That's exactly it. Now, you know, we are about halfway through March, which means 
we're about halfway through your season and you have so many good productions still coming up. Can we talk about those today? Um, well, go ahead. Well, we will have just closed our production of Murder on the Orient Express. And yeah. uh, then in April, uh, we'll be opening up a family musical, A Year with Frog and Toad, which is based on Arnold oh. Lobel's classic children's books. Uh, that'll open up Easter weekend. Uh, then in May, we have uh, the classic comedy, Steel Magnolias, classic comedy dramedy, uh, about Southern women getting their hair done and <laughs> sharing, sharing their lives together. And then this summer, we're going to be doing the uh, regional community theater premiere of a new musical called The Prom. Now, we got to circle back. The musical A Year with Frog and Toad sounds like it's going to be fun and whimsical and family friendly. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about that? It absolutely is. Uh, it is uh, based on the classic Arnold Nobel children's books. Uh, and it's uh, five actors, and they are playing all the characters from those children's oh books. Uh, and it's all adult, all adult cast, but it's a totally G-rated musical, perfect for the whole family, uh, and one we're really excited about doing because we usually skew a little bit more PG-13 here at the theater. So it's nice to do something that I can show to my nephew because oh, usually right. <laughs> I don't do those kinds of shows. So uh, we're excited about it. Now, you also mentioned Steel Magnolias, which I know is going to be popular. And if that name sounds familiar, it should, because that is, of course, based on the famous movie with Sally Fields, Julia Roberts, Dolly Parton, and Daryl Hannah. So this play is a spin on that movie, right? Uh, yeah. So it originally started as a play off-Broadway, but it became famous through uh, through the film. With, with no, that wait, crazy... wait. You are giving me history. That started <laughs> as a play. It did start oh, as sure, a play. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a great movie. And everybody knows it from the movie. I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that it began as began its life on the stage, and um, and so we're bringing it back to its roots. And uh, no pun intended. Show up on air. And we're gonna we're really excited about doing it. We've done it a couple of times in the past, and it's an audience favorite. And the actresses are probably going to be pushing each other down the stairs to get cast in the show. Uh, we expect a lot of women coming out for that show. Right. Oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. And then you did mention that you've got uh, the prom coming up in July, which is an unusual time frame of the year because we'll already be past like the high school prom season, which I know on the podcast, the restaurants love to talk about because they see the high schoolers and the beautiful gowns and the everything. But tell us about what that play the prom is going to be. So the play, The Prom, is uh, it premiered on Broadway in 2016. Uh, there was a movie with Meryl Streep and James Corden that was on Netflix that people may have seen. Uh, it's the story of a young girl who wants to bring her girlfriend to her prom in her small town. And the school board raises a fuss and a bunch of actors from New York swoop in and uh, wave their flags and uh, create chaos in this small town. And ultimately, it's just a story about about celebrating all of our differences and um, it's a story about love and acceptance. So we're really excited about it. It's kind of a, kind of a hairspray style show, high energy dance numbers um, with, with a big heart. Oh, I love it. Now you did mention uh, Brock that you went to, uh, you know, at like age 11, you started performing and you never left the theater because Dave, he's not, he's not held hostage. Right. I mean, no. he's, you let him go home. <laughs> right yeah, but I'm actually tied up in no, that. Well, <laughs> the, 
Brock's here now. He's an employee because he wouldn't leave us alone. That's the <laughs> you know what? Those are the best employees. You know that he's dedicated. But if somebody hasn't done theater before, um, auditions are coming up for the prom. And do you need experience? Do you need to have stage, you know, skill sets or anything like that? No, we uh, we have people of all skill sets come through our doors. We have people who have never done a show before that will come in for auditions. And by the end of the process, they will be ready for the next one. That's right. um, they, you know, we, we have people who have been here for 30, 40 years and they just keep coming back. So um, it's a big family and we, we accept everybody. So if you're scared about coming to auditions for the first time, don't be, uh, we don't bite. My, my favorite, one of my favorite stories is um, what, 20 some, 20, maybe 25 years ago. Uh, I, uh, one of the fellows that's a regular now came in, had never done anything before. And uh, he, I gave him, I put him in an uh, Agatha Christie murder mystery. He had like three lines and it was not a big part, but he got to walk around in a cop suit for a little while. And, and he became hooked on theater and he's been uh, involved actually more than just on stage, but also off stage and doing a lot of things. And that's one of the things I should bring up uh, as far as this goes. Auditions are one thing. If you if you don't get cast, it's not because we don't like you. We could you but we may have a place for you backstage. We may have a place for you in our what we call front of house. There are so many jobs that need to be done here at the theater that uh, it's not just the on stage stuff that is important and vital here and uh we we like to have all kinds of people get involved one way or another and if you don't get cast the first time come back, come back and, yeah. and you actually get better at auditioning uh if you do it a few times so that that will help absolutely because you know i think sometimes you know if you get stage fright and you're nervous then you audition and you don't get the part and you're just thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad at this. But really a lot of the times plays are looking for certain people to cast and sometimes you don't fit that. So it's always worth giving it a shot, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, uh, it, you know, if we're age, age ranges make a difference. Um, uh, and, uh, sometimes, sometimes look, uh, look and feel makes a difference, but usually, you know, a lot of times it's age ranges. Um, I will say that most of our directors uh, are pretty good at, um, recognizing stage fright and being able to kind of see through it and see the potential in someone. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that, that, uh, you know, potential auditioners out there listening should take into account that we know that the first time, especially you're going to be nervous, but you know, that, so, so that we're on your side. Oh, that is so good to hear. And you know what? We have covered so much in this podcast. Can you gentlemen tell the listeners where they can get tickets for these great performances and learn more about the Elkhart Civic Theater, become involved and in, in all of that? Well, uh, our website is elkhartcivictheater.org. Uh, we spell theater with an R-E on the end. Uh, and so it's elkhartcivictheater.org. If you go to elkhartcivictheater.org forward slash T-I-X for ticks, uh, you, that takes you to our ticket site. 
Um, you can also call weekday afternoons, 574-848-4116 for uh, tickets uh, to a particular show that you might be interested in. And uh, as far as getting involved, um, call us. Call us, email us. Uh, yes. Call us. There's a sign. There's a there's a uh, a contact form on the website as well. Um, we also have a Facebook page where people can, um, you know, give us a give us a hello and say I'd like to do this, that, whatever you're interested in as far as theater goes. Uh, I like to say that uh, no matter who you are, you probably have a skill the theater can use. So give us a call. Oh, absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time. I can't wait to see the productions and, of course, get you back on the podcast to talk about what's happening next season. Great. Absolutely. It was nice Great. to meet you. Good to see you. Thank you. I'm wrapping up this episode with a lot of great information from Jameson with the City of Elkhart Parks and Recreation Department. Hey, Jameson, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me on again. Of course. Now, every time that I have you on here, we talk about some really fun events, and this is no exception. I'm not even exactly sure where to start, but I know this weekend you have the Spring Fabulous Pop-Up Market at McNaughton Pavilion. That is a mouthful of an event. And I know that it is a lot of really great things happening there. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more? Yeah, so this is uh, the third annual pop-up market that we have in the spring. And uh, it's kind of a precursor to our farmer's market. A lot of the vendors that you'll see at our farmer's market are kind of rolling out their new products here. So it's the it's one of the best ways to get in early for new inventory if people are you know a fan of artisanal goods. But it's um it's gonna be a fun time. We've got a, a free raffle. Um it kicks off at 9 a.m. and goes until 2 p.m. We'll have a food truck there. Um uh, we also have um I know we've got a coffee uh person there as well. So um it's um it's it's gonna be a good day, honestly. Um, but there's there's tons of jewelry, there's tumblers, there's candles, there's all kinds of great things and goods for people to to purchase and get their hands on. Um, I think we have about 500 people come through this market. So wow. 25 vendors and yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. It's a, it's a great kickoff to spring. And, um, uh, you know, that's just one of, of a few events we have going on after that we've got in April is our Easter egg hunt. Uh, we're bringing that back. And so, uh, people and their families can run around the parks and, um, look for eggs between the whole month of April 1st to the 30th, uh, Studebaker, McNaughton, Willowdale, High Dive, Walker, Island Park, um, all these will have eggs that we'll put in throughout the month. And then when people find an egg, limit one per family, they bring it back to either the Elkhart Environmental Center, where there's also eggs going to be at, um, or they can bring it to the Parks Department for a prize. And so it's just a fun way to get people to get out and about and look for things. Um, we first ran this with Froggy um, a couple of years ago, and it was a huge success, and we've just kept it up, and and people really enjoy it. It's a, it's a great way to, to get out there and just have some fun but you know like I said it's this is one of a few and then coming up in May May 6 is when we're starting for the farmers market now we've extended it to go a little early to stay a little bit later till October and uh, 8 a.m on Saturdays at the park next to Nibco uh, ice rink which is called Kurgley Park um, but everybody uh, everybody refers to that just as the park next to but it does have a name it's a fun name it's Kurgley yep. Park. Can Absolutely. you uh, 
Can you, pop quiz, Jameson, can you give us a little bit of history about the name of that park and sure. why it exists? Yeah, so um, it is one of three sister city parks that we have, um, which is Tungsheng next to Lundquist, um, Kirgley Park next to Nibco, and then this is that sheepish moment where I am forgetting the third um, that I am I am slipping on. But what? I can't hear him. Anyway, sorry, my. I love that you've got your. Oh, I love that you got your team trying to help that's you. Right. Yeah, that's the, that's the joy of an open office is that you know you can have these shared pop quizzes. It's like an open book, but it's it's. It is. <laughs> Burton Trenton Park, uh, which is off of a waterfall near the Electric Brew. And so that was uh, from England, I believe. Um, but uh, Kirgley is our Ukrainian sister park. And so, um, yeah, it's I think it's about 10, 15 uh, years ago that we dedicated this park. And it's a cool green space right along the river walk next to the Elkhart River. Uh, so if people have not checked it out, it's a beautiful time. Absolutely. And that farmer's market, you know, has grown over the years and become such an incredible Saturday morning activity and so many vendors of all types. I know I've been down there and I'm still mouthwatering about the cinnamon rolls and the delicious coffees and the baked goods. And some of the produce vendors are, oh my gosh, it's just like beautiful produce. So it really is a great yeah. Saturday morning. Now, if you have any of those items, I know we talked about the pop-up market and that you've got some of the vendors there, but you're always looking to create more of a vendor inventory for opportunities like this, right? Yeah, yeah. We're always looking for vendors. Uh, right now, the spring pop-up obviously is closed for vendors, um, but there's still availability for people who, you know, make handcrafted goods and are interested are interested in in selling them. Um, farmer's market is available. We also have a fall pop-up market. Um, there's Rap City Arts and Music Festival. Um, so plenty of opportunity to to promote. And I think, you know, really people are starting to to really want uh, handmade artisanal goods more than just a cheap product you can buy at the store. I mean, especially around gift giving, but even more than that, you know, we get our produce from there, we get our candles from there. Um, it's just it's a fun opportunity to get out and a reason to 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 get out of the house on a Saturday morning. It's it's a lot of fun. Now, Jameson, I know that you are no stranger to the podcast and we talk about events a lot, which are always very, very fun, but the park system has a lot of great pavilions that are available to rent. Can you remind the listeners a little bit about those too? Yeah, we actually have five rentable pavilions that are indoor. Uh, there's plenty of outdoor pavilions. I always struggle with this because people think of pavilions and they think of like outdoor, you know, the shelters that you rent from, uh, let's say, Elkhart County Parks like Oxbow. But these are indoor, full kitchens, um, heating, cooling. Uh, three of them have fireplaces. We just updated Studebaker Park, or excuse me, we just updated High Dive Pavilion. Um, at the end of last year. And then yeah. this spring, uh, I believe it's May that we're shooting for this, early May, uh, will be closed for two weeks out of that pavilion so that we can do some renovations to the floors and the kitchens there. Um, but they're they're low cost, uh, they're equitable based. Uh, we offer, we are one of the few agencies that offer half day rentals. Many communities are moving to full day rentals, but we still allow for eight to 12 and 12, um, excuse me, eight to four and five to 12 is what our two are. And you can do all day or two halves, um, but they are, they're great little amenities. And uh, yeah, we, 
we encourage people to, to rent those early. We're about three months out for booking, I'd say. Um, so if you have, you know, an interest in Thanksgiving, better get it in by summer. Oh, absolutely. And one thing that I love too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the parks are available to rent for fundraisers like walks or runs or company picnics. So it doesn't just have to be in the beautiful indoor pavilions. You can get a whole park too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's funny because we're in conversations right now about that policy. So if people are interested and, and really uh, strong in their opinions, let us know because we're we're in the midst of maybe changing some of it up. But right now, you can't reserve a whole park to yourself. You can rent the shelter out of the park and you can rent um, you know, some space in the park, but generally it is it is that most parks are, you have to allow the public to be around. So like if you have an event at McNaughton Park and you rent the band shell and you rent the pavilion, um, people are still able to come and utilize the parking lot or the uh, playground per se. But we are moving to consider that certain parks like island park could be completely rented out um you know and and private privately um you know attended so uh but right now if you do want to do a fundraiser or a run or have a family picnic or a company picnic um that is absolutely an opportunity you just have to get a permit uh from the city and so uh if it's in a park it has to go to the park board and if it's you know a parade it goes to board of works uh, but it's if people are interested, they go to our website and you can find the permit online. Um, it's it feels a little daunting, but it's it's not that difficult to get through. It's just you know government at its best, where it's a you know fifteen page application uh, for what might be like a fifty person picnic. But uh, the board of works secretary is always willing to help. Parks department is willing to help, and so if people have questions, they can just call and say, "Hey, I need some help filling out this permit," and we are more than more than happy to to help them with that. Absolutely. I love that. And I know that there are a lot of local nonprofits and, and organizations that really like to utilize the parks to do some of their fundraising 5Ks and different things like that. So it's a great opportunity uh, to mm -hmm. get out in the parks. Um, I know, Jameson, a couple of months ago, I did the Frosty 5K with you and I had been yeah. in park trails that I hadn't uh, been along before. So it was like a really fun experience uh, to get to see some things that you normally wouldn't get. And yeah. thank you for having yeah. beautiful weather that day. So people shouldn't let really uh, <laughs> they shouldn't let these cold runs, the summer runs, the the fall runs uh, be a deterrent. Now, because the parks are such a big system, and you guys have so many different amenities, you're also looking to fill some summer positions, right? Right. Yeah, we've got three aquatic facilities. Um, we have a uh, quite a few recreational courts. You know, pickleball, tennis, and so. Um, parks are only as good as the people that are inside of them. And so we are pushing to get people there. And so um, we're heavily hiring right now for lifeguards and concession stands workers. Um, we're hiring for umpires. We're hiring for um, uh, camp counselors. Um, yeah, you name it. Um, we are, we're looking for it. And, and really, you know, these are, these are great positions for people to, to have, um, a relaxed oriented job the lifeguarding you know obviously it's not always relaxed it's kind of a life or death situation over there but um it's still a lot of fun you know and and who doesn't love to sit in the sun and and get a nice tan while they get paid for it but um also if you, people have kids out there that are in high school um 
everything that I have heard from those kids is that, you know, it teaches them about responsibility um, and taking things a little bit more seriously. And so um, they're, they're just, they're great jobs, honestly. Um, and it's, it's important to be able to give back and have a relationship with the community. And so I think that's what people really enjoy about working within the parks department is that they feel like they're making an impact to society as opposed to just making a dollar. Uh, it's oh, great when yeah. you can do both. Absolutely. And and it is a great seasonal position. So like you mentioned, if you've got high schoolers that are looking for a job or, you know, maybe your job offers the opportunity for summers off and you just want to do something different get out in the public, give back to the community and, mm -hmm. you know, make some fun money and, you know, some extra spending money and stuff. That would be a really cool opportunity. Yeah. Our umpires are currently being paid about $32 an hour per, which is basically one game is an hour. And so that's, that's some good money to, to come out of a, a regular job and then say, Hey, I want to treat myself to vacation. So this spring I'll, or summer, I will work, you know, a few games a week and put some, put some nice money in your pocket. Absolutely. And you get to be really immersed in the game. How fun is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to know about softball though, which is oh, uh, man. something for everyone, but <laughs> Well, I mean, do you want the softball teams to make the news? I'll come umpire. I know nothing about it, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll get you a good training program. Oh, perfect. And so you do kind of offer some guidance for somebody that may not do this all the time, but they understand the sport. They want to give back. Yeah. You can help. You can help train. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Training's, training's big on all of these positions. Perfect. Well, Jameson, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I know we're going to have you back because you have so many fun things coming up this year, including Rhapsody. Uh, we're going to talk more about the farmer's market when it gets up and running because I'm, I'm, you know, maybe we'll do this podcast in person one Saturday morning so that we can just taste test everything. I like where your head's at. Yes. <laughs> Perfect, Jameson. Thank you again so much. And real quick, if somebody has a question about the parks, um, any of the programming that's going on, the spring activity guide, where can they see that? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so we have Instagram, we've got uh, Facebook, those are our social media wings. Uh, we've got our website, elkhartindiana.org slash parks. Um, those are great ways. But what people might not realize is that we also have some newsletters that are out there. And so you can just email us at the parks department. Um, and uh, it's, you know, we've got a, a program newsletter and we've got a volunteer newsletter uh, and we'll send out the activities guide for people, um, you know, to their emails. And it's a great way to, to develop a relationship with us on a bigger level. Or there's always the My Elkhart 311, which is the city's communication app. And that's always a great way as well. Excellent, Jameson. Thank you so much for all this great information. And we'll chat soon. Thanks, Amanda. Take care. Learn more about Elkhart County, Indiana at visitelkhartcounty.com and plan your next adventure. Join us next time for more well-crafted stories about the people and places along the Heritage Trail.